there, friends? It's Renee here at the Rosé Hour Podcast. This week, you guys are in for a special treat. First up, we have Kate of the Grape Outdoors. And then we talk to Michael of Penelope Bourbon Rosé. Pew, 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 pew! Everybody drink rosé, rosé. So we sip rosé. We gonna sip rosé. Hey, hey, hey there, friends. It's Renee, and I'm here with, for season two, the amazing, the spectacular, the veteran, the small business owner, the best recording studio in the DMV owner, bartender, Ben! Yo, man, it feels good to be back in the set. Well, feel good. we didn't really go anywhere. Well, you know, the holidays, and we had to, you know, do that. Been away. It's good to be back. Yeah, and you know what? The holidays, we are re-releasing this episode because it was at the end of the year, and I know a lot of people were dealing with uh, new elected official situation. They were dealing with uh, the holidays. They were dealing with COVID. Um, It was just a year of transition, I think, and I think a lot of people were just at the end of the year just a little pooped because I certainly was. What about you? I just wanted a, um, a good meal around Christmas. I just really wanted some food. Well, you know, you did have food. <laughs> so that was really my concern. I knew that the world was going to be crazy. I knew the world was going to be flames. I just wanted to go somewhere private and uh, have some good food, spend time with you, connect. Aww. Spend time with Zeus. Aww. Spend time with moms. Well, I think people don't know about Zeus. Oh, Zeus. Yeah, well, Zeus is uh, a four-legged companion. He's my personal escort and a <laughs> true life friend, man. Um, we connected oddly. Um, my mom is getting a little older. And she couldn't take care of him. So uh, I, I'm raising my brother. Um, Sometimes in life, we got to take on we, our siblings. We got to take on our siblings. So Zeus is here. He's an American bully. He's a year and a half. He was a year in August. Yeah, so about a year and a half. Yeah, about a year and a half. That's like when people be like, my baby is 26 months. Girl, right. I don't even know what that means. I don't have no calculator on me. I can't right. figure it out. Divide by two. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Just give me years. Let's break it down. Right, right. They're almost three, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and it's been interesting having having this dog around because I am a dog lover, but not like a larger dog. So this has been an interesting moment for me uh, because I'm learning how to deal with animals of different sizes. So I think I'm doing well. I'm going to congratulate myself. And, and I want to congratulate you as well. Because I was terrified of, of him at first. But it's nothing to be terrified it's a dog with a big mouth. And like he he is like, okay, people, I am five foot two inches. That's not a lot of height. So a dog on their hind legs can touch my shoulders. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yes, it is. It's That's a lot more of dog to protect you. 
I guess. So I know what people want to know. Who are we talking to today? We're talking first with Kate with The Grape Outdoors. And I love her story uh, because she really lets people understand like you can do a lot of things outside, uh, especially because of COVID right now. We need a lot of social distancing and being outside. Uh, but also you can bring your wine with you and like how to, you know, get your computer boards and get your uh, wines all ready to go and frozen and cold. Well, not frozen, but cold if you need to, if they're like a white or rosé. And, you know, she she's really dope. I really appreciate it. And she takes some amazing photos. Uh, and then I know we're talking to one of your favorite people, uh, companies, liquor, uh, brand that you probably ever tasted. Uh, the people, Michael, of Penelope Bourbon Rosé. Oh, <laughs> Now with me and my homeboy Joe. Shout out, cousin Joe. Shout out. It, we were stunned. One, we we couldn't wrap our mind around how do you infuse or mix rose and bourbon together. Two, how do you do that? And you can taste the rose and the bourbon. Yeah. Three, how do you make it taste good? So these questions we cannot find an answer for, but we were looking at this bottle. So we definitely would like to know how did this come about? Well, you know what? How did and you that's make it? and that's the great thing that we 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 learned in his episode, right? He talks about like all of that. So we're really excited about that interview because he really breaks it down and like even where the idea came from to even like do that. Cause I would never have thought to use rose in a bourbon. Hey, and a lot of small people. Yeah. So, so do you want to, like, what's the proof on it? Oh, it's 94 proof. So for people that kind of know about alcohol, usually alcohol that you buy is about 80 proof, right? Just give you a little extra. This, this takes you there. And I do, when we were drinking this, it hit me kind of quick. Yeah, and I remember it was on Christmas that we really decided to hop into it. Um. Yeah, it it happened, people. <laughs> Christmas took a turn, not for the worst, but for a random. So we did brunch that then turned to dinner, and we did not plan for dinner. Right. So. <laughs> and this bottle just uh, carried us through the whole day. I it mean, literally. Proof. And it's one of those things you can drink neat, especially for the guys out there that's watching it. I mean, listening. Um, you can drink it neat, especially um, if you're having like a steak or a, a meat, hearty meal. Mm-hmm. This is a steak and potatoes type of drink. You know what I mean? I guess um, it goes with your meat chronicles. Dun, dun, dun. Damn. Wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yay, yay. I think we put I think we are we, we're putting it together, but um yeah. Okay. Well, we are going to jump into our first interview with Kate of Grape Outdoors. Yay! Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. Today, you guys, this is the first time ever that we've had somebody who is outdoorsy, who is traveling the country and the world, 
quite frankly, uh, doing amazing things and looking fabulous while doing it and drinking wine. <laughs> it's a small group of wine and outdoor tours in northern Spain with wine education, which is made for fun and unpretentious people. The amazing founder, woman small business owner, Kate of the Grape Outdoors. Wow, that was an awesome intro. Well, <laughs> you deserve you. it. <laughs> <laughs> that just made my 2020. <laughs> You know, it's been hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's much. been rough, but that was a high point. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today, Kate. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So the Grape Outdoors, I mean, looking at your Instagram and all the amazing photos and like your journey and all the good wine you've been drinking. How did you like put these two things together and create this amazing Grape Outdoors like product <laughs> yeah there is some backstory besides just the joke that i'm the person that started a tourism company in 2020 but before that <laughs> that that's I, harsh um, <laughs> right i guess i just fell in love with wine is the first step and the way that i fell in love with wine is kind of funny i moved to spain when i was 21 because I graduated from college with a Spanish degree and I did not speak Spanish and I thought I should fix that. And so I did choose where I went in Spain and they ended up sending me to Galicia, which is the chunk of Spain that's right above Portugal, if you can kind of imagine it on the map, which I had never heard of before. Ooh. And then um, when I was there, like I, I was 21, so I didn't really have a long history drinking or knew what I was doing. And turns out I was drinking all of this white wine that's really famous from that region called Albarino. And I was drinking it like it was too. It's like this world-class, wonderful white wine that I just absolutely fell in love with. And so then I, I came home. So I did that for four years. I was teaching English and I came home for a little bit and it didn't really stick. And so I went back to Spain and I, I loved this region and I did a master's degree in tourism with a, a focus on, on wine tourism. What? They have degrees in that? <laughs> they have degrees in tourism. And then if you are motivated enough, you can stick the wine adjective in front of it. Oh, my God. So I kind of <laughs> made up this master's degree that I wanted to do, which was wine tourism in this very specific part of Spain, of northern Spain, because I love it so much. And then it didn't really quite take off from Spain. So I, I moved back home, which is from Washington. And I did a couple jobs in the wine industry. I worked for a Spanish wine importer. I worked for a couple tasting rooms in Washington. But I had this really clear idea that I wanted to show people what I loved. And what I loved is this very specific corner of northern Spain and the people there and how friendly and welcoming they are. And then wine as this way to fall in love with a place because the wine is so tied up there with the people and with the cuisine. They eat a lot of seafood there and Alvarino pairs perfectly with seafood. And, and I found when I came home that people were kind of scared of wine. I don't know if you've experienced that, but oh, people yeah. are really intimidated by wine. And the way that I learned about wine was that it was this cheap thing that you was available in any bar and that it was fun and that it was for everyone. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had all of these goals floating around in my head and I couldn't quite find a company that was bringing all of those together. And those goals were kind of to create a space for people to get to know this part of Northern Spain. And I think people about Spain, they don't really tend to think about this green, rainy part of Spain. And I really want people 
this place that I'd completely fallen in love with and spent, you know, five years of my life there. And then I wanted people to feel comfortable learning about wine and kind of having this vocabulary to talk about what they like and to not be intimidated by it. And then I wanted people to realize that wine is like a social thing. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the Seattle Freeze. I'm from Washington State and I live in Seattle right now. And people have a lot of trouble meeting new friends and, and socializing. Right. And so, you know, when I would drink wine in Spain, there's, or when you would go to a bar in Spain, there's just this kind of natural camaraderie of that you make friends with who's ever in the bar with you. Just kind of wanted people to have a, a space too, or an idea of travel where you're drinking wine and you're meeting the winemaker, but you're also making friends with whoever you are doing the trip with. Because wine, you know, wine tastes better when the person that you're with is enjoying it too. It's more fun shared than it than alone. Yeah. And then the other part of Grape Outdoors that I'm really excited outdoors tourism part of it so for me in my head that's camping and vineyards and going for hikes and going for for bike rides and just any everything of mix that wine tourism with that outdoors tourism and I think a way that people will find both approachable and kind of a fun way to learn about both things I think the outdoors can also be a little bit intimidating in the same way that wine can be intimidating where it's like oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to talk about this. I'm not allowed to participate. And you are allowed to participate. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's a really, and it's a it's a thing that's way more fun when it's shared. And it's it's not supposed to be intimidating. It's supposed to be fun. So that's kind of the idea behind the doors. I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm hoping in 2021, it's going to go big. Yes, I, I know it will because, I mean, the ideal of it is just, innovative and i think especially when the world opens again people mm-hmm. are going to be like i can't wait to get outside so, exactly exactly and just that that fun the idea of that all of it should be fun and not like you said in the beginning not pretentious just fun yeah. <laughs> and environment so i know you said you opened in 2020 so like Right now, what what are you doing since, you know, a lot of people are not able to travel, but like we can social distance and being outside is a great social distance, you know, thing to do. So how, yeah. how are you being innovative and like sort of like pivoting during this time? <laughs> <laughs> the great buzzword pivot. Exactly. Um, of course, I'm going to use first, <laughs> At first, I was trying to do some some wine tourism in Washington State. And then, of course... Uh, soon after Spain shut down, Washington State shut down. So that didn't happen. So the next um, pivot was I created called the SIP Wine Club and SIP stands for shelter in place. And so what I wanted people to do is okay, we're all, you know, having to be a little bit isolated right now, but what can we kind of do together? So the shelter in place wine club was a way for people to learn about wine in a way that kind of built building blocks and gave people the and was kind of fun thing that we were all doing together. So I remember when I was learning about wine, it was really helpful for me to open multiple of wine, but of the same grape at the same time. So for example, the first Sip Wine Club was to open two Chardonnay, a Chardonnay from France and kind of a buttery Chardonnay from California. And like, if you're not that familiar with wine, but you've heard of the name Chardonnay to suddenly have 
a kind of really clean Chardonnay from France, like Chablis, versus a really buttery Chardonnay from California, suddenly you know what people are talking about and you've drunk both of those things next to each other and you you feel really comfortable. So Sipping Club has kind of been slowly going through the grapes, like I said, in a very non-pretentious and kind of trying to be fun and joking um, sort of way. Like I remember I did one about Grenache or Garnacha and I like Cabernet Sauvignon is Michael Jordan <laughs> and Grenache or Garnacha is Scottie Pippen. You know, it's oh, it's the team player, but that. it's beautiful by itself and it doesn't get all the fanfare that Michael Jordan or Cabernet Sauvignon gets, but like it's really good and if you don't have to pay attention to it, understand the bigger game more. So just trying to talk about wine in a different way than I think people are used to hearing and, and a little more inclusive <laughs> You know, and a little, uh, just a little more fun is the point of Sip Wine Club, I think. And and just to have people be drinking wine, you know, maybe everyone's stuck at home or you can only who's ever in your little bubble, but still kind of feel like you're learning about and have the vocab to talk about it with a bigger group of people. And then, like, yeah, that in itself is really amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's been actually really, I've gotten a lot of good feedback about it. Um, One fun thing we did, we did a blind tasting that I encouraged people to do. And we opened a bottle of $6 wine, a bottle of $15 bottle of wine, and then like a $45 bottle of wine. And then I have a couple of friends that, you know, claim to know nothing about wine. Mm -hmm. And here they are, like, correctly identified which bottle is which and of that come like well if you just spend a few more bottle a few more dollars like this is what you can get out of a bottle of wine and maybe you don't need to be spending 40 time but if you're spending 12 versus six you know this is the difference in quality that you're getting and just kind of the conversations of we don't need to spend 40 on a bottle but knowing how to find a bottle of 12 dollar wine that you like is a fun skill to have yeah, no, and I don't think, um, I, I think at a younger age, you really don't know the difference, right? Unless you're like, because mm-hmm. you're like, I'm just trying to get it in, you know? Of course. And <laughs> I I mean, I buy the $2 wine from Trader Joe's. I like to, you know, pour some squirt or Coca-Cola and make a little cocktail. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And it's good are, for like sangria too. and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. Like a fifty dollar bottle of wine no, on a sangria. No. Like, why would you pick <laughs> it up? <laughs> right. And so just when people are I don't know, it's just been such a fun space to share those kind of stories and those recipes and it's just been it's been a really fun thing. Yeah, and, and so with the outdoor side of things. Um, mm-hmm. I see, like, even in your photos, it's just so beautiful. Um, in Washington State, I know there's a lot of, like, national parks and wonderful trails and all of that. So, like, do you actually, like, pretty much know all of the ins and outs of the outdoorsy world, if you will, <laughs> in Washington State? Or or are you still learning as you're, you're going about this? That's a great question. And the answer is definitely I'm still learning. But I think that's... You know, I turned 30 last year and I had this, yeah, and I had this realization that I was very intimidated by the outdoors kind of into Washington. A lot of people that have grown up skiing their whole lives and I didn't really know how to ski. And, and And I realized that that the way that I was feeling is the same way that people feel about wine and that I don't want them to the outdoors 
hiking and skiing and all of that. Things are supposed to be fun and they're supposed to be communal. And so I just kind of had this little life epiphany where I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. That's right. <laughs> you know, if, if they're going... And I... Um, for the first time ever, I bought my own tent and I call it the feminist tent because it's just mine. And I didn't wait to have another boyfriend to have a tent. That's I realized I could have my own tent. Yes, right. you can pitch that tent. <laughs> and so I just want everyone to feel like, yeah, if she can do it, I can do it. She can learn how to ski. I can learn how to ski. And if she can talk about wine, I can talk about wine. And it's for everyone. So I found a fun thing too. The people have sent kind of great postcards. So a lot of the pictures on my Instagram are from Washington State because that's where I was quarantined all summer. I had friends all over the United States and they got really into it. And even people I didn't know sending me pictures of like, here's me drinking wine on this hike. Here's me drinking wine on this ferry. And it just, I realized, I think a fun thing that happened during quarantine, everybody's drinking outdoors. Yes. <laughs> which actually went really well with Grape Outdoors, my whole theme, because everyone suddenly was drinking outside and realized how fun it was to, you know, go for a hike and pop up. <laughs> yeah, no. And I mean, like, literally, like, we have found new ways to have fun with alcohol. Right? So I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. Like, this has been a rough year. Yeah. But I'm also really inspired. <laughs> I mean, this is the best <laughs> really motivated. ever. Like, we all I, work together. Like, you sit over there. I'll sit over here. You bring your own wine. You wear your mask. You you have your blanket. I'll have mine. Exactly. And we'll be I'm, inside. I love it. And people did it. And people did it for months. And they're still doing it in Washington where it's cold. <laughs> No, I can't. Do I've that. been on some <laughs> funny first dates that um, are socially distanced in parks with wine, Ooh. and they've been really funny. There oh, hasn't been second dates, but they've been really funny. I was going to say, so how many have made it on to the next level? <laughs> well, I feel like it's an immediate veto when I bring wine and the guy doesn't bring anything. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You, you sir. Right? Sir. I feel like that's like not okay. <laughs> no, it's like, are you? No, you're not a planner. Right. You're not a planner. Exactly. Like, that's not, we can't have those. You are doing No, right. <laughs> you're just not participating at the level I need you to participate. You're at a three, I need you at an eight. <laughs> right? Come on, some effort. <laughs> right. Oh my God. We need to just have an episode of you talking about dating etiquette for the <laughs> pandemic because I'm I was just sure. talking about that with a friend. They were like, your blog's great, but you should start a blog about your dating life. It would be funnier. And I was like, maybe you should combine those. I'm here for it. The great yeah, date. Yeah. The, great, right, the great outdoors does dates. I'm here for it. I mean, you could do it like as a, a seasonal thing, you know, like a Netflix special series. There you go. They're pretty funny. I have to admit, quarantine is its own, its own genre. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> so how can people follow you and see all these amazing photos and also get connected to, you know, start setting up tours for when the outdoors open up again? Yeah, I would hope is sooner than later. Um, definitely follow grape.outdoors on Instagram. And if people have good photos of themselves drinking wine anywhere in the outdoors, we'd love to have more Grape Outdoors postcards from all over. Yes. And then grapeoutdoors.com has the Sip Wine Club, and we want more Sip Wine Club members. So if you want to learn about wine in a very approachable sports metaphors kind of way right. we would love to have you you guys heard it here first the grape dot outdoors on instagram 
follow, yes. follow, follow. Uh, this is the last question, but I think this is the one everyone waits for because this is like the drum roll, the question of the day. This is like <laughs> who wants to be a millionaire question response. Right. What's your favorite rosé? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, the, the podcast namesake. So oh, no. my <laughs> favorite rosé, which changes from year to year, but this year was rosé. A chocolate and any brand of it and chocolate is hard to pronounce and I don't want people to be intimidated but it's from the Basque region in Spain and it's T-X-A-K-O-L-I I hope I spelled so that correctly wouldn't have thought that there was an X in it <laughs> I know which I don't want people to be scared off by it's pronounced chocolate it's not too hard to say it's from the Basque region in northern Spain which obviously I'm a little bit obsessed with northern Spain um, it's slightly sparkling, so if people love Vino Verde, which I do, um, they should probably chocolatey as well. And what I would do is I stick it in like my puffy jacket and I roll it up with an ice pack. Ooh. And then I carry it to the top of the mountain or wherever I'm going on an adventure. And then up and there's just something so good about like a slightly sparkling rosé outside. Yeah. It just makes me so happy. Had a bunch of them also. It's kind of the wine of my summer, and it's good on the beach, and it's good on a hike, and it's it's just good. Always, it's always good. It's a good grape outdoors. There we go. It is a good, it is a good grape outdoors. Thank you. I wish I'd said that, but it sounded good when you said it. <laughs> I am only saying what you say. That's all. <laughs> okay. It sounded really good when you said <laughs> Okay, this has been so much fun. And I definitely want to make sure we have you back um, in our second season because we're going to definitely talk about your dating from the first season. So, sounds good. Deal. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Have a good one. Bye. Wow, Kate, thanks so much for showing us about the fun things that we can do outside with grapes. I mean, literally never thought about going on a hike and then drinking. Sounds like my kind of hiking. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're talking with Michael of Penelope Bourbon Rosé. And it's mad delicious. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And today, you guys are in for a super duper, fantastic, amazing treat. This isn't rosé. This is bigger than rosé, guys. This is like a whole new uncharted territory where scrolling Instagram to see amazing people doing amazing things makes great connections. And I'm so excited to talk with and learn more about what this company is doing and how they're shaking up the liquor industry. He's the owner, co-owner, founder, and creator of an amazing rosé bourbon, Penelope Bourbon's own Mike! Yay! All right. I love it. Thank you for having me. Yes. What, a, what an entrance. Well, this you know, amazing. we got to roll out the red carpet for you because, or the rosé carpet for you because this is not your mother's bourbon. <laughs> 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 or it could be your mother's bourbon. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. So, Mike, how did you get into this industry and create this innovative, like, liquor? 
Yeah, no, it's a great question. And we're, we're fairly, a, you know, a fairly new company. And uh, so kind of just at a high level. So Penelope is actually my two-year-old daughter. Oh, that's the namesake behind it. Now, if you hear a loud banging of, in the background, that's probably her up in her crib trying to get out. Oh, because she's like, they're talking about me and my fans. Oh, <laughs> need something. That's probably what it is. And no, you know, my wife and I, we were, you know, trying to have kids for, for quite some time. And, you know, I guess the stress of that when, you know, and I was really just, uh, an, you know, I just love bourbon. I was a bourbon enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually my partner, uh, Danny, he, he, you know, we were next door neighbors growing up. He also loved bourbon. Aww. And I don't know, I guess the mixed emotions of when we found out we were having a girl, we always knew that if we had a girl, we were going to name her Penelope. <sighs> and, you know, soon after we found out, I just was like, heck, that had such a nice ring to it. Penelope, bourbon, and, you know, it just was different than what was out there mm-hmm. um, in the whiskey world, which is, you know, generally tends to be very masculine from a brand perspective uh, mm-hmm. a lot of cowboys and stuff like that going on and I, you know this was just something that was uh, obviously very personal and very passionate uh, a lot of personal and passionate about it and uh, that's how it all started about two years ago wow and and like were you guys making bourbon before or was it sort of like you know why not let's get into the game let's do it Exactly. I mean, I, I've never been, I've never made bourbon in my life. And, uh, you know, you always kind of read about those stories on the back of uh, whiskey labels where, you know, their grandfather had a bourbon recipe and they found it. Um, my grandfather definitely didn't have a bourbon recipe. <laughs> in bourbon. I know that for a fact. Um, so it definitely didn't come from my grandfather. And uh, no, we, we, uh, we just love bourbon. I think it was one of those things I, you know, I worked in technology before this. I'm like doing enterprise software. So totally different in the whiskey business. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally uh, the different. Business is a lot, I'm having a lot more fun in it. Well, if you're not having fun in the bourbon business, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely. And like, I, I would love for you to talk through like the taste and sort of like how you guys came up with it. And like, why did you go with rosé? I know I just asked so many questions, but there's so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, and they're all they're all great questions. I mean, so we when we first started, so we have like our what we call our traditional expression, which mm-hmm. is just Penelope bourbon, Aww. and that is a that's a blend of three different bourbons that we combine to make our Penelope bourbon. Oh wow! And then you know, as we and that's been that's still our our you know from a bourbon perspective that's that's a it's a great product. It's you know really you know it's been a, a good price point within those kind of premium bourbon um, category. And you know, once we were we've always felt that like we yeah and there's so just like rosé. I mean, there's a lot of rosés out there. There's a lot of wine out there. There's a lot of vodkas out there. Just spirits and wine, beer in general. There's a lot of competition. And I you know when we jumped into this. Even starting with the name Penelope Bourbon, which is different than what's kind of what's kind of the norm, mm-hmm. um, we always felt that as we were going to be in, like as we were kind of thinking through, you know, line extensions and new products, you know, we always just we didn't want to just do the status quo, um, which is you know maybe there's like sherry finishes and there's other wine cast finishes, which is very common within the Scotch and Bourbon world and. You know, it turns out, you know, my wife loves rosé. I mean, that's that's her drink. And yes. I think 
He loves it. Absolutely loves it. And, and when we were kind of about this time last year, we were thinking about different products and we wanted to do something different. And she just kind of happened to walk by while I was on the phone with Danny, my partner, and she's just like, well, what about a rosé cast finish? I said, well, now that's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. I didn't, I, and I didn't, I don't drink as much rosé. I'm more, I drink a lot of bourbon. So I didn't even realize that most rosé is like finished in stainless steel, not oak cast. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, you know, that became a hard part of this to find actually the, to find a rosé that is aged in oak. Um, but once we started putting the R&D together, we knew that there was a really kind of a really kind of unique flavor profile that this rosé was was bringing to complement the, the kind of those traditional vanilla and caramel and butterscotch bourbon notes. Oh, wow. That's kind of like really neat. And like to like have the two loves of you and your wife combined into one beverage. I mean... That's why Penelope's here. <laughs> it, it's it's just we're a family-run business, and you know, I mean, that's that's what I think the beauty of it. It's uh, you know, there's there's good ideas are popping out from from. I think that was in our kitchen, so that's a kitchen idea. Uh-huh. So we we wanted to run with it, and and we're we're glad we did because when we did release it last month, it was uh, it got got really really great feedback. Um, the first batch of it sold through, you know within the, the first day we had it out. So we were excited about it. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty cool because, you know, to come some, up with something so innovative and different, especially like in a market that's so consistent, right? Like bourbon is like, you know what a bourbon is and everyone's like, I have my one bourbon. And like to enter that industry itself is just so like intimidating. Like, how did you guys feel like, jumping out there and, and starting it and then now creating something so different within the industry of bourbon? That's, that's such a good question. I think part of it is, you know, there's a, when you're not like, if I had gone back, so I, you know, I've been now and I'm, I'm not an expert by any means in, in the bourbon industry, but now I've got two years of really, really being in it mm-hmm. from the sales and distributor side and to the supply chain and, and the distillate and, I've kind of seen it all pretty firsthand from for the last two years. I would think if I went back to kind of think about starting it or doing a product, I feel like it would almost be harder. I would probably overthink it. Um, and I, I, I was saying this to someone else not too long ago, whether it's when you start something and, and maybe there's just like a fresh set of eyes on it, but I don't know if it was like beginner's luck or if it was just having that naive kind of a outlook, but like, I don't know if naive is the right word, but I think really just having more of a, like, let's just go with what we like. Yeah. And we always went into, we went into this really just from a consumer taste point, uh, from a, a consumer taste point, from a consumer perspective. So it was really about, look, we're just consumers. That's how we always viewed ourselves as. That's how we still do. I mean, do you like it? Yes. Well, then there you go. That's a good starting off point. Yeah, that's, that's enough. And if you like it, there's probably someone else with the same taste buds that's going to like it too. That is my theory. I love that theory. <laughs> <laughs> it's simplicity. I love it. I mean, and it works. It's, it's actually logic. <laughs> so yeah. what, what are you guys kind of like experiencing now, like launching this during a pandemic, you know, your, your rosé uh, bourbon and like, is it doing 
like what you wanted to do with the pandemic. I mean, like, I'm just only thinking like how it can only impact people uh, in different industries, you know, having the lack of communication and social distancing is happening and, you know, people can't do like the, you know, kickoff events and all that. So like, how are you guys managing and and, and sort of like panning out right now? <laughs> no, that's, it's a really good question. I, so we, I feel like we were kind of set up. So we, the, the, all of 2019 was really our kind of, we, we, we started selling this from my car probably in, the spring of 2019, we didn't partner with our first distributor till last fall. So really from, you know, our business really started when we started uh, working with distributors in, in different markets, you know, but a big, big piece, and this maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just my background working in technology, but a big piece of our business was, you know, having, you know, an, uh, a consumer facing website. Mm, yeah. uh, it was really being in touch with, although alcohol is, kind of one of those industries that's even much less than wine. So distilled spirits, which is what bourbon falls into, is, you know, it's it's not the the, the shipping laws of liquor from like, you know, e-com is still in its very early stages. But, you know, we, we made a big uh, point to set up an online infrastructure back in 2019. You know, and this was thinking like, hey, maybe in five years, this will really start kind of turning around or changing more towards the true B2C model. Mm-hmm. or direct to consumer um, from an online perspective. So we really had a pretty good infrastructure in place. And, you know, when COVID hit, it changed everything. Mm. Um, and I'm, again, I'm so new to this industry that I haven't, I kind of almost view this as the norm in, in, in some ways because I haven't really been in the industry long enough to see. Like what, what the it, difference has been. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, okay, this is kind of status quo. Like, and, you know, and, I, and I, I, I do know there are some big things like, you know, for instance, like it is harder for smaller brands. Everyone thinks during COVID, oh, everybody's drinking and there might be folks consuming. But I think the actual the actual spending of liquor is down because if you take away the on premise, which is the bar and restaurant side of things, which has been dramatically impacted um, by COVID. Yeah. And you add in the increase potentially in retail sales, it's still going to probably be maybe the, the same as it was, if not less. Um, and so for smaller brands, it's really about how you differentiate yourself because a lot of folks are not really doing, taking the time in a retail store to shop for something. Mm-hmm. It could be going in there, they're grabbing what they know. Yeah. Um, so that kind of level of hand sell and to really get your brand out there has kind of been taken away. And so where, you know, I think some of the brands that have done well, and maybe it's, I don't, I mean, this could be for, for, for any sort of spirit or wine has really been folks that have really done well from a virtual perspective. They're doing virtual tastings, doing like podcasts like this, sharing our story um, and, and really leveraging the power of Instagram and social media yeah. uh, to, to get your, to get the word out there. And I, you know, I think we've kind of tried to do the best we could with it and it's, you know, so far it's, you know, we've been able to, to have a good year in 2020. Yeah. I mean, I I did stalk you. So, I mean, I, <laughs> the pictures <laughs> on Instagram are breathtaking and like are so cool. And like you guys have definitely done a great job showcasing your bourbon. And I think, you know, being a new company, that's really important. And, and you guys have definitely, you know, done it. How... How did you guys come up with like sort of the strategy to do it? 
And you know what's so funny? I mean, well, my wife does our social media, but there's really, it's, it's really not like a strategy. Like we don't have like a content calendar. Like, like it's just like the three of us. So there's not like, we don't have a, a marketing team. There's nothing like that. It's more of, you know, you got, you're constantly, I mean, you constantly, so you always have the opportunity to take cool content. We, you know, I think we're fortunate because Penelope Bourbon, it's a, it looks like a wine bottle. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, for, I always have some in my car or there's always some around the house. And I don't know if you just kind of come across something, you have a great camera right in your pocket with your phone. And <laughs> True. You know, we, we've always found that, I think we directionally have an idea of um, like the aesthetics of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, a lot of it is like, we're always just trying to be different than like what we kind of traditionally see in the whiskey world. It's, it's everyone likes kind of those winter in a bar, darker kind of ambient pictures. Yeah. We're kind of like, yeah, let's be like outside at the beach and it's like summer and it's nice outside. Which, yeah, you're right. Because you don't think of bourbon as like a daytime. It's like you're in a castle in the darkest corner <laughs> drinking it. But like, it's so fun and festive the way you guys are showcasing it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. One of our most popular drinks is we call it the Nelly. The Nelly is literally a muddled strawberry. And I actually haven't tried this with the rosé, but I bet it'd be really good with our rosé cast finish. So we, it's just a muddled strawberry. You do about an ounce and a half, two ounces of Penelope. And then you just use like uh, lemonade. I usually use like a Natalie's lemonade, but any sort of lemonade is fine. And then you just shake it, pour it, and it is just the most refreshing summer cocktail in the book. And that's where you get, we, we get a lot of non-bourbon drinkers that are like, okay, like when we have people try it, they're like, how did you make that? All right, I need lemonade, strawberries, and Penelope. And it, you know, I think that's kind of the, the vibe of who we are. Wow. And that's amazing because that's not what you think of a bourbon. You think of like Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. is so cool. Well, I, I, I know people want to know, like, how can they see your amazing social media and also like other, you know, uh, content that you have on Instagram? And then how can they purchase some of this amazing bourbon? Well, no, yeah, thank you. And uh, so, you know, you can follow us at uh, on Instagram at PenelopeBourbon.com. Our website PenelopeBourbon.com, but our Instagram is just at PenelopeBourbon. And, um, you know, we're, we're available online at a number of uh, e-com sites. A few of them are Sealbox, uh, Mash and Grape, uh, Flaviar and Casters. And, uh, you know, we're also, you know, in, in 11 markets. So on our website, we have our store locator and, you know, maybe we're in, you know, a state that you're in. Yeah. And, you know, it is the holiday season. So everybody should definitely have bourbon at home uh, and rosé bourbon, because I feel like it might be good with eggnog, too. Like, tis the season to try it with everything. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I started seeing folks on Instagram that uh, have been making these, like, sweet old fashions with it. So because it's a hundred percent Grenache rosé that we use, so it's a little bit sweeter. And we we had to use a, a really hundred uh, percent Grenache rosé because um, it needed that sweetness factor to really break into that bourbon mm-hmm. kind of vanilla uh, butterscotch notes. And it's so funny, and it's got that sweeter strawberry shortcake flavor profile, which you never get in a bourbon. And just seeing folks, some of the cocktails I started to see on Instagram have been pretty cool. And so this definitely starting very soon. 
I'm going to uh, start doing some uh, some mixology, some some uh, do-it-yourself mixology from my kitchen for sure. Yes. Well, people need this because we need more holiday drinks. We need more holiday options. Uh, you know, Turkey Day is next week. You know, I know a lot of uh, holidays that celebrate uh, family and love and, you know, Santa and, you know, everything else under the sun is next month, too. So, you know, a lot of gatherings of people, social distancing. And this might be a great idea to to make a fun cocktail of bourbon rosé. Like, how cool is that? It's the best of both worlds. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. And speaking of, what's your favorite rosé? Oh, that's a good question. My favorite rosé? No, no, I can't be out of this earlier. I, I am not a, a big rosé. I was, I, and I'm, I have, I know some rosés. I just haven't had too many. Right. Um, You're a bourbon guy. What I do know is actually of, uh, someone that lives nearby me is uh, the Hampton Water which I have had. Oh yeah, they're good. They're good. And we actually had um, them on our show too. So the, we we know oh, and we idea. love it. Yeah, yeah. We had... Yeah, no, I've had that one because they're, they're local. I mean, they only live 10 minutes. I live in New Jersey, so they're, they're actually really close by. Um, I And I've had it before. It's actually very, very good. Yeah, but it's good. <laughs> what I would say though, I like just knowing that with Penelope, our rosé cast finish, I, I've always, I've already told myself if I'm going to drink rosé, I want it to be, I like this. Now I'm into this 100% Grenache. And it's funny, before I even started making this product, I hadn't even know, I, I didn't even know what Grenache was. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know I what? Now you love it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the guy in the master class. Oh, um, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those, those, those sponsored ads. But, uh, no, I, I'm really, you know, I would, I would say my, I would lean toward the sweeter that Grenache rosé. I think that would be really good. So, well, there you have it, people. He loves a good Grenache. <laughs> 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 loves a good Grenache. Well, Mike, this has been so much fun, and I know we're going to probably do something on IGTV uh, and mixing some of these amazing cocktails for the holidays with with you guys. So, uh, everyone, stay tuned because. Holiday drinks with Mike and Penelope Bourbon (laughs) coming up next. (laughs) Well, thanks so for having me on. I appreciate it. Not a problem. And thank you. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Thanks for next. Thank you. Bye. Wow. Thanks so much, Michael. That was such a great interview. And if you haven't already, try some. Penelope Bourbon Rosé. It is delicious and make you say, hey, hey. (laughs) Want to thank both my guests, Kate and Michael, for joining us today. Uh, Bartender Ben, Magdalene, Angeline on the team here, the Fair Hill Studios where we record. Um, Just want to shout out all the amazing people, uh, you know, because during this season, during this time, it's a lot happening. And you know what? We're all making it through. So continue wearing your mask, wash your hands, don't cough on people. Uh, let's just be kind. Tis the season, tis the world, all of those things. So without further ado, we're going to head out. Check us next week here at the Rose Hour podcast. Pew, pew, pew.